Welcome to the Money and Time Machine podcast, where you can learn how to rage against the theft of your financial future by listening to a unique perspective on what's holding you back from a life of more money and more time. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Money and Time Machine podcast. I'm your host, Justin Paul. One of my favorite things to do when I get the opportunity to do it is to go whale watching. How majestic and surreal to watch those magnificent species in the wild and in their natural surrounds. It's interesting that at times we forget that because they spend their entire lives in the ocean, that there are mammals that breathe air. Our perceptions of them as underwater creatures make us forget at times that they actually do come up from the depths of their surroundings to breathe, to fill their lungs, have a look around and play, and then descend back to the depths to do what whales do. So, much like a whale, I recall when I took my first deep breath of air and descended into the world of podcasting, having armed myself with information, both technical and specific content, And lo and behold, 15 episodes later, 16 if you include this monologue, I thought it's time to emerge and provide you an update of sorts about the feedback I've received, my experiences, the joys and challenges, and what I have learned that I mightn't even have considered when I first started on this journey. From my very first episode, that was the best episode I never recorded. Yes, it went for 112 minutes if you include the pre- and post-chat. Until about an hour later, when I went to edit and produce the episode, I realized I didn't press record. I had wrongly assumed my Skype recorder did so automatically. Suffice to say, I didn't have the heart to tell my guest who I'd booked back for the following day, but he was gracious and obliged me again by redoing the episode and a number of subsequent episodes since. But it still remains the best episode I never recorded, in my mind anyway. Prior to starting the Money and Time Machine podcast, I had a rational idea of what my podcast, Money and Time Machine, was all about, uh, interviewing and getting into the minds of successful people and how they think. 16 episodes later, it has evolved and continues to evolve as I endeavor to incorporate ideas, both new and some borrowed. I'm refining what I want to achieve. My initial anxieties about how many episodes I would do, what will I talk about, who will I get to interview has been replaced with more certainty more clarity and a degree of confidence that I'm moving in a direction that is more aligned with my values, who I am and what I want. The four pillars of my podcast, I guess I'll start off with the first one, is uh, Reducing Risk, an episode that I'm lining up to discuss in more depth as we uh, discuss what risk entails, what it means to you and what it should mean to you. It's uh, also about debt or debt reduction, which is number two. I view debt as a, as a cancer. It's a, it's a tumor that is enveloping and destroying, uh, in the process, countries, cities, and its people as more and more people feel trapped in an uncertain economic system where working longer and harder is causing more stress, not less. People are beginning to recognize that conventional wisdom may not necessarily be helping them achieve the kind of results you'd expect from years and decades of working. Our thinking has remained stagnant, but the goalposts keep getting shifted, and we are expected to just accept that as a reality we must comply with or else. And I'm here to say that there are many more alternatives. People can't seem to put their fingers on why they're struggling, 
And the purpose of my podcast is to highlight why and give people a language they can use to decipher why they're struggling and what to do about it. Thirdly, it's about income generation, or at least about increasing your awareness of other income-generating means and mediums so as to buffer yourself against an uncertain economic future. And last but not least, it's about skills, developing new skills for a changing world, developing the confidence that you can adapt to learning new skills that give you more financial and economic flexibility in a rapidly changing world. The feedback from the listeners was that the episodes have been easy listening, so I'm pretty pleased. I wanted to introduce new ideas and ways of thinking that challenge your thinking, but are not necessarily daunting and jolting to your existing paradigms. I have found that when people say they're open-minded, what they're really saying is that they're open-minded to ideas they already feel comfortable with. I used to be this way, so this is not a judgment call. Uh, My mentor would aptly apply pressure on me. He would trigger me, and I discovered that what I said and what I believed at times were incongruent. If I go in too hard, some of the content may be too much. It may touch a nerve and result in potential long-term listeners from pulling away from new ways of thinking about their world. And I want to encourage you to move toward, not away from, ways of thinking that will invariably be more useful. And I want desperately for people to realize that Often it's you. To be more specific, it's your thinking. More so than anything happening out there in the world that is holding you back from a world of more time and more money. Once you're more comfortable being uncomfortable, as I have become accustomed to in recent years, and then we can go a little deeper and grow and develop some more, bit by bit and at the speed of grace. I want to introduce my listeners to other ways of thinking that have the potential for more upside. The upside being that you can grow and evolve and start to see other possibilities other than what you might be experiencing now. And then in the process, develop the necessary team within yourself and around you to reach new heights with longer lasting results. There is no downside from new thinking. Certainly, new thinking may make you feel uncomfortable at first. That, I think, is a a natural consequence of opening yourself up to new ideas as your filtering mechanisms uh, tries to block out ideas and notions you mightn't have been exposed to before. In fact, the only downside I see is the impact of hanging on to old thinking, old models, old maps that won't serve you as the world changes and you choose to remain the same, which means that there's a higher probability of you being left behind. And that personally is what scares the bleep out of me. To be clear, there's nothing wrong with how you're thinking now. The more important question is whether or not your current thinking is serving you and allowing you to achieve what it is you say you want to achieve. Yes, I'm going to be sensitive as I endeavor to bring new thoughts and ideas out to the open, some of which you might have heard, but I'm not going to dumb it down either. Your reaction to information or ideas are yours to ponder, or not for that matter. Hopefully I have got the um, issue of uh, my mono versus stereo settings uh, down pat. Uh, Some of you listening might have wondered why when listening to my podcast, when I spoke, I came sounding from the left speaker and my guest would come sounding from the right speaker. 
a little annoying for some. I appreciate and I sincerely apologize, but hopefully the content was still worth listening to. When you learn to podcast, my advice is to keep it simple. You're not going to get anything and everything you do perfect. You just have to do it, not get hung up on how good or how bad the end result is. You see, what I've learned, the most important element of any process you undertake is to just get a result. Years and decades of indoctrination in our schooling systems, your working environments where you just follow orders, rules and doctrine without questioning, has us biased towards the notion of a right answer or one right way of thinking. Uh, It's a case of it's either right or what else. You guess it. Yes, it's wrong. It's a system of thinking that can't and won't yield results other than what you've become accustomed to and no more. We end up judging our results and very harshly oftentimes, which is akin to judging yourself very harshly. Whereas when I compare myself to now, when I get results, I'm able to use the result or the set of results as part of my inbuilt servo guiding mechanism, and I'm able to make the necessary adjustments, tweaks, and refinements as a guide to whether I'm on track or not. See how much easier that is? It's so much easier than judgment and the subsequent feelings of dejection and despair. We have become so conditioned to everything we do being graded between A+, and worse a fail. And the workplace is oftentimes no better. We can't even think for ourselves as to whether what we do is effective or ineffective. Two of my favorite words, by the way, and which I use to replace right or wrong. Instead, one of the things I did when I decided to get out of my own way was to suspend my own judgment of myself and things or events or results. Easier said than done, I know, but with practice, it has become easier. Here's the the process which a Noted multimillionaire and teacher has expressed multiple times, if you've been listening to earlier episodes, I required and sourced specific information, which I studied, learned what I needed to learn, applied it, and then I got a result. Now, emotions aside, in any uh, conversations that will arise from your inner critic and its cohorts, guilt, shame, anxiety, etc., I would look at the result or results and I would refine what I needed to do to get a better result. I didn't identify with the result, something I've learned when it comes to my feelings. I allow my feelings to come up, whatever they may be, but I don't become my feelings. So I got the results. I got some more information, tweaked it, refined my process and applied them again. Guess what? A new, a better result. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is all I've done. I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel, just finding better and more effective ways of using it. Now, when it comes to my guests so far, I'm very, very grateful for the opportunities to learn from my guests. Uh, Thanks to them, I get to have new experiences and I get to learn something new. I get to become a better version of me. I sincerely hope that uh, you as a listener have been getting some nuggets of wisdom. I had a friend who found my podcast all the way in India. And she called uh, to chat via Skype about some of the content. I was very humbled. I got a message from another well-known personality in Southeast Asia. He's in that mentoring coaching space. And he thanked me and he decided to launch his own podcast because of what I'd done. Another humbling experience when you realize how you may inadvertently impact or inspire other people. I always promise my guests that it's uh, my job to make them look good, and I'm serious about that. I study 
uh, what we're going to discuss in great detail. I uh, create the questions in advance. I forward them the questions because I want my guests to feel safe knowing that I'm not looking to surprise anyone and make them look foolish in the process. There's a fair amount of work uh, involved in the entire process of podcasting. Uh, I try and keep it simple and I try and create, uh, well, I don't try, I do. I create a, a system that helps make it easier. And it does become easier, though I'm always looking to see how I can refine that process. The one thing that podcasting programs of learning uh, don't tell you and can't tell you, and I think it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, programs of learning anyway, is that experience is gained from doing. You can make your podcast as easy going or as professional as you'd like. The more professional, the more professional your avatar, the more work you'll need to do, of course, because you're going to want to present yourself as being similar to them. And you want to present yourself in the best possible light. Now, you cannot be emotionally be emotionally detached from your podcast. You have to be involved and you have to be committed. It's your podcast after all. That means that you and I, if you have your own uh, podcast, have to take responsibility for everything about my or your podcast. That's it, period. Some of the things that initially stressed me out were little things like, how do I sound? Am I being articulate enough? Uh, Do I have the technical and audio skills to do basic recording, editing, and producing? How do I calm my nerves in conversation? That was a big one for me. Well, I admit to all of those concerns, but as the podcast process uh, uh, continued uh, and progressed, I found myself getting more and more comfortable with the process. Uh, I just let things unfold and flow. Podcasting as a medium is very forgiving and allows you to grow from very basic to very professional, if that's the way you're inclined. So learn to enjoy the process if you're ever considering doing your own podcast. And I certainly hope listeners of this podcast have found it to be of value. I still get a little nervous, but that's a good thing in my mind because it means I care. Now, the next thing, in late uh, November, yeah, I think it was late November, I had the, uh, 2019, I had the pleasure of attending the podcast quartet called the Simple Minds Podcast. It's a Perth-based podcast series by four Perth-based business owners. It was their 88th episode and their first live recording in front of a live audience. It was fun and interactive, and post the live series recording, I got the chance to meet all four podcast members, and they shared their stories from the early days, and lo and behold, they all went through the same sorts of feelings and issues I've been experiencing, and people doing what I'm doing are experiencing, and the first 10 of their episodes, they jokingly air the fact that the audio wasn't the finest quality, but suffice to say, 88 episodes later, more now, since that was in November 2019 and we're in February 2020, their biggest fan base is in America. I want to thank all of the people I have corresponded with to date. Uh, Some have been uh, keen to come on board, but life has thrown up some more pressing concerns, uh, broken bones, uh, travel arrangements overseas, arranged marriages. So I look forward to getting them uh, back on track soon when the uh, timing is convenient for them. I want to thank my guests who have assisted me thus far, and I look forward to hearing more from them in future podcasts. But here's my biggest takeaway. When you're doing a podcast, you invariably are going to feel at times under pressure to get people to commit to a time frame. That time frame is not always going to be in alignment with when uh, you or I, if you have your own podcast, want to launch your next episode. I do a podcast episode every Monday, uh, every week on a Monday, that is, via my host, Vushka. And in turn, it can be downloaded from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. 
I also discovered that when I uh, put people on my list, uh, people that I wanted to interview, I chose to contact the people I felt more comfortable with at first. I think this is something that all of us can attest to. It's an interesting phenomenon, um, thinking that uh, I would be less ap- apprehensive. But in fact, as the list shortened, the uh, people I was nervous contacting had the biggest yes bias. Let me explain. They were more open to talking with me than I would have thought. They were open to booking in a podcast interview. They were keen to help me and more importantly, keen to share their experiences and expertise. Any opportunity to get the word out on what they were doing, they were jumping at it. So after all the ups and downs, I've learned that everything does and will happen at the speed of grace. That means when things don't go to plan, don't sweat the small stuff. I have learned not to stress out or become overawed. I have learned to think of creative alternatives. I know who I can fall back on if I ever find myself with a podcast episode without a guest for the following week, for example. And that happens for any number of reasons. The most important thing is to understand and appreciate that often it will have little, if anything, to do with you. You or I, if you are uh, got your own podcast running... Um, you know, we just have to come up with alternative options. And this is good practice to see how flexible and pliable you are in your thinking or when things don't go to plan. You've heard the saying, living in the moment. Now I've learned there's thinking in the moment. I have learned not to become comfortable when my calendar is full and complacent when I've created surplus episodes and then I have to use that time wisely. If you don't respect time or learn how to be a better administrator of your time, you never seem to have enough of it. That's an important lesson. I'll conclude this episode by sharing what I've learned about being alone. When you are busy doing something new or something that is important, you are going to find yourself alone a lot, doing what needs to be done. Please don't confuse being alone with being lonely. I found myself thinking that because I'm tucked away in my podcast studio and study, spending hours working away, thinking to myself, well, this is lonely. In fact, it isn't. That alone time is precious because you and I get to connect with ourselves, which is very challenging to do in our very hurried and busy world. So, you know, don't take alone time for granted. I like to think of my emotions as similar to traffic lights, except we as human beings have infinitely many more emotions and or combinations than the red, amber and green lights of a traffic sign. If you're feeling lonely doing anything, I think that might just be a sign that what you're doing and how you're living just isn't on par with you. It's an opportunity to find something that fires you up, ignites that spark and do something worthy of your time so that you can know the difference between being alone and that feeling of being lonely. Perhaps it's possible that you have the perception that being alone equates to loneliness, and over time, you you just might become more clearer in your distinctions. To me, loneliness isn't bad. It's, uh, It's just a signal, as I mentioned earlier, that you mightn't be aligned with your values. Have you noticed that when you're doing something you really love or enjoy, you're in flow, you didn't need motivation, you didn't have to be psyched up or psych yourself up, you didn't need a prod, you just enjoyed the process. Even if it's tough going at times, you're going to endure it. Why? Because you know the end results are going to be worth it. 
That being said, I'm not going to leave you on that somber note. The next few episodes I'm looking forward to are going to be great. I want you to uh, use the episodes as learning opportunities from people who have gone before you, who can light up the path for you, provide you with insights and sound advice from their own real-life experiences and spectacular results, I might add, as you journey from a life of struggle, or perhaps you just want to get off your plateau to one of freedom with more money and more time to enjoy life on your terms. Uh, These podcasts are designed to highlight the difference in money psychologies that exist between those who flourish and those who struggle. It's uh, not about who's right or wrong. It's uh, all about choosing to make the necessary changes in your life that can serve you better. I'm going to make it a point to offer a follow-up monologue every 15 to 20 episodes just so that we can reconnect knowing that we are just people who have similar dreams and together we can help each other. I'll leave you with a quote. It's a quote of mine. It popped into my brain about a month or two while I was driving somewhere, I'm sure. And it's this. All of us have dreams and aspirations. Imagine if all of us together can help one another achieve our dreams. So till next we speak and meet again, I want you to please stay safe. I look forward to you coming back to episode 17. Until then, please take care. Thanks for listening to the Money in Time Machine podcast. And remember, you're either someone else's version of a money in time machine, or you can learn how to become your very own effective money in time machine and to live with purpose on purpose.